0: Okay, so welcome to your Healable Hurts webinar, A Course in Emotional Freedom. I am here to teach you something about emotional triggers. And first of all, I want to take emotional triggers sort of out of the shameful closet and look at them and realize that we all have them. So I'll talk a little bit about how I developed this method as a yoga teacher trainer and how I experienced emotional triggers within myself and how I observe them in others. And more than anything, I want you to come away from this webinar knowing that there's nothing wrong with you for getting emotionally triggered. Every human being gets triggered. And I would actually say that it may be why we're here on earth is to resolve these triggers because they show us exactly the places where life, where divinity, where the flow of who we really are kind of gets, uh, bumps into something that hasn't been resolved. Uh, One way of talking about an emotion is as energy in motion. And when we experience an emotion at a time when we may not be old enough to, to deal with it, to understand it, it flows in and then we contract in fear around it and it never flows out. So it gets stored as a contracted energy within us. And what happens over time is that we end up playing that emotion out over and over in some new scenario and you could even say that that's what karma is, it's, it's frozen emotion. So we will often see that we end up with a pattern over time where the same thing happens over and over again. And it's less about we've been bad, so something bad is going to happen to us, it's we've come to expect something, and then it ends up predictably playing out a little bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy. We believe that this is How life is, and then that becomes how life is. But I'm going to back up just a little bit. My name is Maria Toso. I was born and raised in Copenhagen, and I started my spiritual process or journey, if you will, when I was quite young. In 1988, my dad died, and that was when I was an exchange student in the United States which at the time was very far away from Denmark. And I had very little contact with my family. So I didn't actually know that he had gotten quite ill with um, heart disease while I was gone. So he died and I was not there. And when I came back, I started having these dreams of him where he would tell me the same thing over and over. I'm still here. I'm right over here. You can still reach me. And there wasn't a framework to understand what those dreams were. So the way the adults around me would explain it would be something like, well, you're missing your dad. So you're having these wishful dreams about him still being there, which was true. I did miss my dad, but I think there was something more. I think that through the dream world, I was connecting with him and he was connecting with me and being a really sensitive being there was that, um, that, that point of contact where he really was trying to tell me something. Now, I wasn't awake or alert enough to fully make that connection, but I certainly knew that something beyond just he's gone um, was at play. So a year after he died, I got involved with Tibetan Buddhism through a girlfriend of mine. And she, or the guy that she was with at the time, who was a meditation teacher in this tradition, the Kadju lineage of, the, of Tibetan Buddhism, this was in Copenhagen, uh, taught me to meditate. And what is that? It's quieting the mind. And now he explained um, a concept that has stuck with me ever since. And I was probably 18 or 19 by this time. He said, you are the light. You are the light bulb in the movie theater. And the content of your mind is the movie that's spinning. One of these old wheels with a film running, 35 millimeter film. And whatever is on that film film is what will be projected out onto the silver screen of life, and it will appear as though that's coming toward you. That will appear as though this is your life, and you can do nothing about what the people up on the silver screen are doing or going to do next, when in reality, it's your own mind being projected. So just play with that concept for a little bit. And what he said in addition to that was that any Hurt that had not been resolved would be like a speck on the lens or speck on the film, or more, really, more speck on the actual light bulb, a place where the light had, could not shine fully through. So that would mean that if you watch a movie and it's being projected up on the silver screen, there might be this little dot that anytime. Uh, you shine the light through that dot is going to show up on whatever and it's going to appear as though wow I always meet that kind of person who has this dot on their forehead and I wish that would stop but in reality it's a projection from within me that I'm experiencing. So that is one way of expressing what a samskara we would call it in yoga sutra is and that is a deep groove of some kind within our chitta our heart and mind that continuously plays out. And anytime it plays out and we, instead of embracing it we end up um, acting out of it. And we end up having a big um, effort to um, chain somebody else out there so that we won't have to feel what they're making us feel. Anytime we do that, we kind of drive it in a little bit more. So um, my favorite prop to demonstrate that is this little Buddha. You can see this little Buddha inside uh, a glass bulb here, like a snow, uh, snow globe. Now, if I shake it, I have all of these little uh, specks around me. And that is symbolic in my little prop here of all the thoughts and samskaras that's swirling around us. And if I were to see life through that, I wouldn't see another person clearly I would see my interpretation of them. But if I were to become still enough and and settle the thoughts and the samskaras enough, eventually I would be able to see clearly the other person. Now that rarely happens. I would assert that uh, 99% of the time we're not really experiencing each other truly. We're experiencing our story our interpretation of the other. So what the other person is doing to us, we, we sort of marry that with a, a script or an interpretation of what that means. And then we react out of that, which may or may not be what the other person really intended. So the way an emotional trigger typically plays out, and you've probably experienced this, someone will say or do something that immediately gives you a physiological reaction. So that's different from you could hear something really outrageous and just from a pretty calm place say, well, you know, that sounds crazy. That's, that's not something I agree with. And um, I'm not going to go hang out there because this is happening. And that would be the end of that. A, a physiological reaction is when the energy field of the body is in contraction in some way. So someone says or does something and it isn't as easy as say, yeah, not cool. I'm going to leave. It's, it's a contraction that becomes the heart beating as though something is really up. There's that fight and flight response in the body. Maybe the breath is getting shallow because everything is contracting on that energetic subtle level that actually becomes a muscular contraction that leaves less room for the breath to come into the body. And what is breath? Breath is spirit in the European languages. my Native tongue Danish, spirit and breath is even the same thing. So we're contracting and actually kind of choking out the very spirit, the very awareness, the higher self that would help us relax and trust and be one with it all and not feel contracted and alone and in opposition to someone else. But the human condition is such that something happened that pokes at this samskara, this former experience, and then we contract. And then immediately that feeling in the body of being contracted, which is kind of like being choked on some level. It's a very uncomfortable feeling inside the body of a knot in the stomach or the throat or the chest. And when that happens, we want it to stop. So most people do one of three things when that happens. They act out, lash out, react, try to change the other person so that they will not do that thing that makes us feel this way so we try it's it's akin to running up to the silver screen that i talked about before and trying to change something that's going up up there and you know sometimes in life we actually can succeed in making somebody do something different but it but it doesn't work in the long run because if that contracted place is still within we tend to attract the very experience that will will trigger that place, activate that place again. So we once again kind of erupt and and react. Now the reaction is usually one of trying to change somebody else. And it usually is um, akin to a relatively small child being in defiance or being in opposition to. So it can come from this really um, kind of aggressive place that is somehow also embarrassing. So most people, after they've been triggered and they've reacted, have this embarrassing feeling of, oh my God, I just acted like a six year old, what happened? The other thing that typically happens is you feel the triggered feeling. You might not be someone who reacts. You might be somebody who clamps down even more. And then that is such a contracted feeling and such an uncomfortable feeling that you reach for a numbing agent. Anything to distract you from that feeling within. And alcohol is a typical one. You know, alcohol is such a commonly culturally um, uh, um, accepted way of numbing ourselves, Right? we don't even question that. If if we go to a party, we all have a cocktail so that we will feel a little calmer instead of feeling into the place that isn't calm. Why am I not calm when I walk into a group? Why is it that most adults actually need a little help to calm down if they walk into a group? What's really happening there? We never really have an opportunity to question that if we always numb out. Now numbing out isn't just alcohol, that's just maybe one of the really common ones, but it can be sugar, ice cream, shopping, you know, any kind of numbing agent that you can think of that help you not feel into the body. So another um, third way of numbing out is to simply uh, check out and just not be present and be in your head and not uh, feel what's really going on inside the body, yeah? So when you're triggered, something happens on the outside, somebody does something, it flares up within the body and you either lash out, react, want somebody to change, you numb out, you find some numbing agent that will help that feeling go away, or you just kind of cut yourself off from your body altogether. And you can do that for years, but the problem is not only will you not feel the trigger and not heed the opportunity to heal what's happening inside the body, you will likely also start to kind of um, make the body more dense. It kind of becomes more and more dense as you kind of pack it down every time there's something that's trying to be hurt that is an old hurt that wants to be heard and that wants to be felt and held so it can be released. And every time you don't do that, it's a little bit like... um, You know, a scared child is asking for help over and over. And eventually it's going to really clam up and be really hard to get that child to talk to you at all. And that's how it can feel when we first decide to kind of go inward when we're triggered instead of reacting outwardly. At first, it can feel like we're, we're trying to befriend a child that we really haven't treated that well for sometimes decades. Yeah. So that's just the framework of what emotional triggers are how they show up in the body, and how we typically react. But you can talk about this all day long, but what we need to do is to experience it. And this is where a lot of um, teachings that we come across will explain how this works, and it will make sense, and you recognize yes, that happens to me. But unless you practice it, go into the energy field of the body and start to be fully aware of the energy field of the body all the time and how it's actually in response to your environment all the time, that any little thought that passes through has an impact on the energy system of the body. Somebody cutting you off on the freeway, a ripple through the body, a piece of news that's scary, a ripple through the body that we're constantly um, being bombarded with sensory impressions, and we have a little bit of a reaction to it, or, or at least some sort of a response in the energy field of the body. So the process that I wanna teach you in a fairly hurried way, because we just have this you know little hour together, is to come into the body, acknowledge the body as the sacred temple, the sacred roadmap that will show you exactly where you have contractions, frozen emotions that need to be held released and loved. it's a little bit like having a creek in the winter where it's been frozen and then the sun finally comes and the ice starts to melt and then you know the the water can trickle through again so we often associate emotions with water yeah and in yoga we call the life force itself prana in in chinese medicine qi so it's the same expression of energy flowing through this, this body that appears solid because that's kind of how we've, we've come to think of it. I've been taught to think of it, but in reality is energy in motion all the time. That is a gazillion little cells that are rotating and spinning all the time. And then it's a very highly tuned energy system that will constantly show us where something is a little off. Um, Earlier today in a class, we talked about the work we're doing here as a form of self-acupuncture. We start to identify where is the block chi, and instead of poking a needle in to help the chi flow again, we we, we we poke our own presence in. And, and I won't even use the word poke because poke has that, you know, needle, ah, but it's really more of a, gentle loving compassionate hand that finally comes into that frozen place and holds it with so much warmth and heart and compassion that it finally relaxes and then it starts to flow again and suddenly that thing that continues to happen as a pattern in our life it happens less and it triggers us less and over time it becomes more and more manageable and in the process And the process is self love it's a process of coming into self love and what does that mean self love means to yoke to unite fully presence. spirit who we really are divinity with the wounded parts of us that don't yet know that we're divinity that have forgotten that have kind of contracted in fear. And then we, we bathe it in enough love that eventually things starts to flow again. So we're, we're like alchemists when we do this work. We, we come in with the warmth of the sun, with presence, with love, and we melt the lead that has, is sort of hanging out in our karmic backpack. And that could be lifetimes of experiences that have convinced us that God doesn't love us, doesn't have our back. Um, We're alone, we're going to fall through the cracks and be that one person that's not going to make it through. And we retrieve those places of ourselves, one by one, patiently, like, unconditionally, not even so that we can finally, you know, go and be a big success in the world or have all the things we dream of. But because we love, because we are love, and when we see parts of us that don't feel loved, we love them because we are love and that's it. And then that's gonna play out in the outer world the way it does because all of a sudden the programming is gonna look different. The thoughts and beliefs are gonna start to be different if we start to identify more with being love and less with all the thoughts that we're not. So the, the second verse of the Yoga Sutras which is the foundational sort of philosophical document, um, that underpins the modern Hatha yoga practice, not just the poses, but the sort of philosophy is yoga chitta viti nirodha, And it's yoga is the cessation of the fluctuation of the mind. It's when the mind quiets down. When it becomes still, then we feel who we really are. The vibrant presence within, the now within, the love within, the Holy Spirit within, God within, whatever language, you know, every religion has tried to explain this. I am that I am, be still and know that I am. But so many different spiritual traditions, be the yoga tradition that was born out of the Hindu tradition or the Buddhist tradition, Christian tradition, excuse me, now all have their way of saying that the quiet contemplation is where we feel who we really are. So that's enough um, on the lecture side. So let's do a little process around this. So to begin with, sit up right as best you can. So wherever you are, see if you can find some height in your spine, some length in your spine. Feel the bottom, the situs bones, the tailbone, and feel the crown of the head. Feel the space between the vertebrae, even if you can't, completely feel your spine, just have a sense that it's becoming
1: lighter and there's space. Eyes are closed. You're becoming inward.
0: So much of our life is spent reaching outward for gratification, for solace, for something out there to make us feel better. So it's not a natural practice for many of us to simply come in, to be still,
1: to simply notice the breath. And we might even play with the notion that it is
0: not us who are breathing, we're being breathed. This temporary vessel called Maria is being breathed by God. And God present spirit is here to heal Maria. The divine within me is here to heal the wounded parts of Maria. So the same for you, this breath, the spirit self is here to rescue you, to come in, and hold and embrace deeply, lovingly, those places that are scared, that don't trust that, that have fallen kind of below the vibration of
1: realizing that that part of you is also God. So start to notice the sound of your own breath inside your ears. drawing the tendrils of your mind out of the future, out of the past, releasing any tension in the forehead, eyes, just the nose, the stream of air inside the nose, and the sound of the breath. Now we'll enter into an experience of life within the body,
0: of presence, essence, prana within the body
1: that is already fully there. So let yourself feel the top of your head. Feel around your scalp
0: and see if you can feel the hairline and the difference between the exposed forehead and the scalp that's covered with hair, if you have hair. And then your ears, the way they
1: feel, the wrinkles and folds, the sound of the breath inside the ears. and feeling a breath in the back of the throat. Soften around the eyes. Have a feeling
0: that the brain behind the forehead is relaxing.
1: Your breath is slowing down. You stay alert. But the breathing is starting to resemble the way we breathe when we're about to go to sleep. Invite the breath into the lower abdomen. Relax the belly. Relax the diaphragm and the solar plexus
0: if you don't know what that is, just have a sense that layer by layer as best you can. You relax your abdomen, your stomach area. And you lovingly notice where the body has a hard time relaxing, where it's bracing, protecting,
1: guarding. Feel into the heart center, the right side and the left side. center.
0: Release down through the arms, feel the shoulders, upper arms and elbows, forearms and hands, the palm of the hands and the back of the hands. Feel life vibrating in your
1: fingertips. Feel life vibrating in the palm of your hands. You might even feel into the sweet connection between the heart and the palm of the hands.
0: How heart energy at will can pour out through the hands,
1: which is why we put a hand on someone when they're hurting. Now feel into the torso again, the chest, the stomach,
0: belly button, lower abdomen, pelvis,
1: and feel into your thighs, lower legs, ankles, heels, soles of the feet, tops of the feet, all 10 toes.
0: Extend awareness into the toes, the tips of the toes.
1: And see if you can
0: feel life, prana, chi, in the fingertips, the tips of the toes, the soles of the feet, the palm of the hands, the back of the feet, the back of the hands, lower legs, forearms, thighs and upper arms hips, shoulders. Have a sense that you're very evenly dispersed as awareness in the whole energy field of the body. And now turn up more awareness inside the torso. And so you have a dimmer button and you're turning it up, illuminating, all of what is in the energy field of you as you experience
1: yourself in this moment. Feel your throat, your head, your face. And
0: now I invite you to bring to mind something that triggered you recently, something that made you upset. Maybe the something that made you wanna join this webinar. Maybe it's something that has upset you more than once.
1: So bring that person or that situation to mind. The one that scares you, that makes you feel nervous, anxious, uncomfortable inside your body. To see what wants to be processed today, whatever
0: situation, person, event, Want your attention today. Bring that to the forefront of your mind. And now give yourself just a moment to experience a little replay of something
1: that happened recently that made you feel scared, anxious, uncomfortable, angry. And you're just doing enough of a replay of this story that you trigger the reaction in your body. And now bring awareness into the torso specifically,
0: from the throat, through the heart center, stomach, solar plexus, abdomen, and the backside too, the backside of the heart, mid back and low back. Just for today, let's focus on this area as your sacred roadmap to noticing what energetically happens in your body when this particular thing happens in your life. Now be with that. Find it in your body. Find the loudest, most uncomfortable place in your body.
1: the place that makes you want to run away, have a drink, have a smoke, pick up your phone,
0: eat some sugar, whatever it is for you, that place that you really
1: don't want to feel, that you avoid feeling, that you wish were not there. And then feel into the charge, the tension, the contraction. When you think of this other person
0: or this situation or event, What is the charge? If you were to give it a number from one to 10, how activated,
1: aggravated, intense is this feeling? How awful is it? And
0: what would you typically do? What would be your numbing out of this? And it's something for everyone. There's such a, huge slew of things we can do not to feel. So feel into that place in the body. And what would you wish you could just do to make that feeling stop? Short of fixing that other person, what would be a numbing agent?
1: And then again, give that a number. And now let it go, let the person go, but stay with the feeling in the body. And much like
0: you would zoom in on a photograph, go a little deeper into that area of the body while remaining very aware of the rest of the body. So don't lose track of your form, your arms, your legs, your head, the sweet energy field around you. And you will notice that this contracted area is a relatively small sort of dot on the energy field, within the energy field of you, but it's there. And we'll do the opposite of what we normally do, which is pull away, not wanting to know this or feel this. And we're gonna go into it, arriving more deeply into it with our awareness, willingness, presence, and see if you can really pinpoint where it is. And is it moving? Is it stuck? Is it dense? Is it diffuse? Does it have defined borders? Can it even be articulated in words or is it just an energetic feeling that's just there and it's really hard to explain what it is but it's definitely there? Just notice. Now as you move even deeper into it, Notice if this is a feeling
1: you think you've had before. This is a familiar feeling. This is a feeling that reminds you of something. And try to stay out of the
0: head, kind of shuffling through the file cabinet of prior memories or things that have come up in therapy for you Really stay in the body and just see what happens if you ask this place, this energetic knot to show you its story. And it may not have one to show you. It may just need to be held and that's okay too. But it may remind you of another time in the past when you felt this way
1: and see how far back you can trace this feeling and see what happens to the feeling when you're with it with a deep sense of interest and presence. Go a little deeper into it, be a little bit more with it. Remember, you've probably had
0: decades of training yourself in escaping in some way, this very feeling. And now you're entering into it. And at first that will make it feel as though it's being amplified. Now, why would I do this? This is so uncomfortable. Why would I feel it more? Well, the feeling, the presence, the welcoming of this part of you, is how it relaxes finally. You might even put a hand on it. Remember how the heart extends through the hands. So you could even lay a hand on the area,
1: whether in your mind's eye or physically, actually putting your hand on it. And now I invite you to communicate to this place within. I feel you. I notice you, I'm here. I love you and I'm here. I'm sorry for all the times I abandoned you, numbed you out, pushed you down, felt embarrassed that you exist within me. But now I'm here. I love you and I'm here and I know you're scared but I am here and the I am here
0: is your divine self speaking to this wounded piece of you. You could also say it's your adult self speaking to a wounded child. When we do this in a therapeutic setting, coaching sessions, and and go deeper than we can in a a short webinar, we often find experiences from a really young age where you were really scared, where you did not receive the the care, did not feel like you belong, did not feel safe, which is a very devastating feeling when you're too young to take care of yourself. So let this adult you, the divine you, you could even picture the little Buddha in the glass ball being within your heart, saying this to this place within, I'm here. I'm with you. I will never leave you. I am your source. I'm your source of comfort, of care. I will take your hand when you're scared. Together we'll find a way. I'm not going anywhere. You do not have to reach outside yourself anymore to find that you're loved, that you belong, that you're safe. Because
1: I neglected to say that to you, but now I'm saying it, I'm here. I love you. You belong. You belong to me. Simply notice
0: as best you can, how this energetic dot not within you responds. Not expecting it to immediately surrender, it may have felt less than loved for a very long time, but still just notice, did that shift in any way? It's still gonna feel significant, you really zoomed in on something you probably have not wanted to touch base with for a long time, except when you had to because it was in your face. But in this quiet moment, there's no threat, there's just you and this wounded part of you that's asking for your love. In a holy moment of retrieving a frozen piece of you, bringing it into warmth, to heart, to compassion,
1: to empathy. And then check in here for a moment with the original situation, with that event or person that you chose. If you were to bring that back into your mind's eye, seeing
0: that situation that is somehow challenging you, upsetting you. Now that you are more deeply with this place within, has the charge changed? It doesn't have to be a yes, but but just notice, is the charge as intense? Is this place as activated, triggered, upset as it was when you first brought it up, when you first sort of triggered it up into your awareness by bringing to mind the situation? Or is this place
1: calmer now? a little more aligned with higher self. Now, either in your mind's eye or physically, put your hand
0: over that spot again and communicate whether out loud or inwardly, something to the effect of, I'm here and I love you. I'm with you, I'm for you. I hold you up. I will never leave you, I will help you. And whenever you feel scared again, as you will, because this is so old, I'll be with you and not run away and not numb out. You will not need that other person to change or do what you want them to do, because I will be with you. And whether they change or not, it's not gonna determine whether you will be okay thank this place for showing itself, for allowing you in, even after having been abandoned by you, probably numerous times. Then release your hands away from your body and stay very present in the body. So again, have a sense that your whole body is illuminated with your awareness. Your arms, your legs, your torso, your head, completely brilliantly aware And then open your eyes, but don't look into the computer or phone just yet. Just look down and notice whether you kind of bob right back into the mental realm as soon as your eyes are open and lose touch with your body. And the practice is to stay illuminated, radiantly aware in the body, even when the eyes are open, even when we have screens in front of us, even when we have other people in front
1: of us very much there with ourselves. Notice your breath. And then I encourage you now to take a moment to
0: grab a notebook and a pen, and and write some of this down. Write down the situation that you brought up, the initial charge, And then what you found when you went into the energy field of the body, instead of getting busy changing someone else, you went home to yourself, what did you find? Was that feeling old? Did it bring up memories of prior times when you felt the same? Is there any way to describe the location of this feeling in the body? And when you spoke gently and tenderly to this place, how did it respond? And when you check back in with this place in the body about the initial situation, had the charge changed? Was it as intense and scary to think about the situation or was there a little bit of a calm that had entered the situation? And this is your
1: process. So there's no right or wrong. There's just this gradual noticing and coming into self. You could make a little stick figure and sort of make a little circle where you felt it. And we're not forcing anything.
0: So we didn't do anything wrong if we didn't have a very clear sense of how old this feeling is. We're just taking an interest, we're being present. It's really no different from what a good friend is.
1: If you meet someone who genuinely look at you and with sincerity says, how are you? Tell me what's going on. And here I wanna know, which is kind of rare. And the reason we can't meet much of that outside
0: of ourselves is because we don't give ourselves that all that often. So I invite you to let this be your practice that whenever you're triggered, and this is gonna sound a little strange maybe at this point, but whenever you're triggered is a sacred moment and a sacred opportunity It's as though the the lid is open and you have a chance to shine light into a dark crevice within yourself where something feels cold and alone and unloved. And we tend to, in our life, attract exactly the kind of person or situation that will poke this samskara within. In other words, the person who will
1: help open the lid. And that doesn't feel good because then we're confronted with an old hurt. And we
0: miss the opportunity to look at what's in the box and shine light into it if we just get busy telling the person not to do what they did that opened the lid. yeah. So that's essentially the process. Notice how you feel in the next few hours and and even the rest of the day, um, kind of check in with that situation and see, hey, what's the charge there? And if you have triggers come up, and you do, they just come up on a regular basis for most humans, try to do a process like this. Come back to this video and let that guide you through a process of being with that. And if you wanna go deeper than the work we were able to do in one webinar, go to www.MariaToso.com and explore ways of going deeper. And there's ways of doing it in group coaching, there's private coaching, there's an online self-paced course. There's quite a few different opportunities or avenues for how to continue to do this work. And what you will notice when you do this work which is an important, you could almost say side effect. When you start to be willing to swoop in with love when you're not feeling well, the numbing agents that you use to not feel that, when they fall away because love comes in instead, all of a sudden your health improves because the numbing agents, I can't think of any numbing agents that don't over time start to undermine our health, yeah? And if the triggers happen regularly as they do, we can have a regular practice. And that could be as innocent as one glass of wine a day. Triggered during the day, glass of wine before when we come home from work, just take the edge off that, don't have to deal with it, don't have to feel it and go to bed. And that seems really innocent, right? And there's even benefits to wine and all that. I know this, but when you have the wine, instead of taking the opportunity to love a piece that's hurting, then you're missing the opportunity. And then the the not so great um, effects of these different numbing agents, they start to accumulate. And by a certain age, they will manifest in the body, often as various kinds of disease. Um, And maybe if you were able to kind of grab in there what your numbing agent is, you can see how it's not a problem if you do it once or twice, but if you've done it for decades, it's probably had an impact on your bank account, on your, on your health, uh, on your relationships. So, But if we try to strip a numbing agent away from someone, say even in rehab or any kind of setting where we decide, okay, I'm just gonna stop drinking or I'm just gonna stop eating sugar, If we don't substitute that with love and presence and compassion, the pain is gonna be excruciating. You'll just find another numbing agent. Who can stand that deep pain of not feeling love, not feeling safe, not feeling like you belong. If you just strip away what soothes that feeling without learning to love and to be held by the divine within, it will be too hard. You will break and then you'll feel disappointed in yourself and you will have failed. But in reality, have deep compassion because the pain was so deep that you needed something. So the process will over time lessen the need for the numbing agent. So it's not stripping the numbing agents away, it's healing the the wound that we're calling for numbing agents because it didn't know that love was available, yeah? So I look forward to seeing you at www.MariaTolso.com. Go to the contact form and send me a note about how this process worked for you. I always love to hear from people about how their work is going. This is to me, the work of our times.
1: So I'm so happy you came. Love you so much.